0: again nightmare society hope everyone is well this week as a reminder for those of you who are already following us on instagram we will be announcing the giveaway winners on next week's episode if you have not yet entered in our giveaway you still have time we're giving away some pretty cool stuff so if you want more information go check out at nightmare society radio on instagram A big thanks to our contributors for sharing their stories with us. Our second story is from a listener, River. So thank you, River. And the rest are anonymous. And as always, thank you so much to the members of the Nightmare Society Patreon for their continued support and assistance in keeping this podcast going. If you would like to contribute, you can do so by either leaving an Apple Podcast review or you can join the online campfire at patreon.com slash nightmare society. Now, get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of the nightmare society. wanted to share this but I could never find the right place for reference at the time this all happened I was 14 and a freshman in high school back in 2008-2009 so not super recent it all began during the first couple of weeks of school I went to this school district all my life and never had any real issues since I had no enemies and only friends So anyway, it all began one Friday afternoon after school. I was hanging out with friends outside of the school until my mom came to pick me up when I decided to go upstairs to my locker and put a textbook away that I was originally going to bring home for the weekend. When I got up to my locker, there was a note taped to it. My name was written on it with a heart around it and I read it. It was a love letter signed your secret admirer thinking it was a friend playing a prank I laughed it off and tossed it in the trash when I confronted them downstairs they denied that they put the note on my locker and insisted that it was probably from a boy I didn't know what to think but I did think of a few cute guys I went to school with and hoped it was from one of them but i sighed and thought that it could have been anyone and most likely none of them two months goes by during this time we had school picture day and my mom had ordered some which were eventually given to us during one of our classes i kept them in my locker so i wouldn't lose them it was a friday and i was going to stay after school with friends again and hang around until the high school football game was over later in the evening I waited till about two hours after school ended or so to grab my belongings out of my locker including the photos I put them in my backpack and headed on outside and hung out around the football field with my friends until people started showing up for the game to which we walked around or sat in the grass and talked the rest of the evening When I got home that night, I gave my mom the photos. She noticed that one of the wallet sized photos had been cut off from the rest. I never bothered to look at all of them, so I wasn't aware of this. I told her that I didn't cut one off, but she didn't believe me. I didn't know what to think of it. A few weeks goes by and I all but forgot about the missing photo. I found another note taped to my locker. This time one of my school photos was in it with a heart drawn around my head, a wallet sized photo. The note made mention of how beautiful I looked during the game, sitting with my friends in the grass, talking and laughing, This made me uncomfortable. Whoever's doing this had stolen one of my photos either out of my locker during school on Friday Or while I left my backpack unattended during the football game This also means that they have my locker combination if the former was true Once again it was probably one of my friends playing a prank on me And I didn't say anything about it It had been several months since the last note anyway Things took a rather stressful turn the following week I was at home after school one day alone while my mom was working a double shift when someone came knocking on my front door. Thinking it was a pesky neighbor, I took my sweet time to answer it and I opened the door to find no one there. I looked around and saw nothing but other mobile homes and neighbor's cars. I shut the door and resumed what I was doing. I heard the knocking again about 10 minutes later I took my time again to answer it and found Mike, one of our only friendly male neighbors, there with his Boston Terrier on a leash. He asked me if I had somebody over, which I did not. He then told me that he saw somebody snooping around my home a few minutes ago. I felt uncomfortable and said that I didn't have anyone over and asked who it was, and he said that he didn't recognize him. I thanked him and locked all my doors and windows after he left. The next month was full of incidents where our motion sensor backlight would come on in the evening and was capped off by my mom calling the police after she found a dead rabbit nailed to our back porch in a rather cruel fashion. At the time I never would have imagined that the notes, the snooping around and now the dead rabbit was the work of someone who had been stalking me in the shadows for the last several months but it all came into fruition the following day at school I found the final note taped to my locker There was a big bulge in it and when I took it apart the foot of a rabbit fell onto the floor in front of me I shrieked in terror as a teacher came running to me and I pointed out the rabbit's foot. He picked it up and asked where it came from. I showed him the note and we immediately went to the office and showed the vice principal what we found. Later in the day I was called to the office and found my mom there with the principal and vice principal. It was there that I had to recount the events over the last couple of months for the first time to anyone and give the names of the students that I think may have been responsible based on any suspicious interactions I had through social media or in school. But I never had anyone that seemed off to me. They told me that if anything were to happen again, to let them know and they'll get the police involved if my life appears to be in danger. My mom had already contacted the state trooper who visited to our home the previous night about the rabbit's foot being found in my locker at school and how a student may have been involved in it. From that day forward nothing else major happened. However about halfway through my junior year I got another love letter. This time instead of it being written by hand it was typed out and signed Your Secret Admirer from Freshman Year I had all but forgotten about what had happened during my Freshman Year I kept this note and gave it to the Principal Who kept it as evidence in case things escalated again But they never did Luckily nothing else happened afterwards At least nothing that was obvious Thanks to Michelle Krasny Coaching for sponsoring today's episode. I don't know about you guys, but with all the craziness that's been happening in the world recently, I know a lot of people who are experiencing changes in their employment and reconsidering what their goals are in a career. That can be really overwhelming, exciting, and terrifying all at the same time, and a little bit of guidance can go a long way. Michelle Krasny Coaching is launching Career Camp. It's an online, self-paced series of tools, prompts, exercises, and supported explorations designed to help you figure out what you want to be when you grow up. They also offer a peer community and certified career coach support as you gain understanding of what makes you unique and valuable, learn what roles and industries and companies are out there, build your skills and network and put it all together to find the perfect fit for you. You can find out more about Michelle Krasny Coaching at michellekrasny.com and Career Camp at michellekrasny.com slash career camp. And just for you Nightmare Society members, you can take advantage of a 10% discount using the code NIGHTMARE. I was 13 when this happened and just like any other 13 year olds, my friends and I thought we were completely badass. We would do a lot of crazy stuff, we would also play manhunt in the woods. We live in North Georgia so there are large areas of just forest. One day me and my friends found the best spot to hide. It was deep in the woods, so we couldn't be found. One of our friends always told us that there was a homeless camp back there, and lots of homeless people hang out in those woods, so we shouldn't go back there. But, of course, we went anyway. We were walking in the woods one day, and my brain kept telling me something was wrong. I could feel it. I knew there was something near, but I could not see it. I asked my friends if they felt what I felt five minutes later and I'm still feeling that creeping feeling and then I saw it a man a homeless man he was sitting on the ground wearing all black he was holding something but I couldn't see it hey kids he said in the creepiest voice ever it's dangerous out here being 13 year olds we flip him off and kept walking he got up and then proceeded to follow us then i saw what was in his hand it was a gun that's when we decided to Book it. Book it. just kidding i had to say that and that's when we decided to run and when i say i ran for my life i mean i ran for my life Luckily, we got where our new hiding spot was and dropped to the ground. Surprisingly, he never saw us. We waited until he was gone and eventually made it back home. About a week later, we were outside again. And there he was, again. Except this time he was running away from us. We were totally confused. Then we saw the police. They chased him down and arrested him. Apparently, he had broken into a home the day that we saw him and shot a woman three times. It's so weird to think of seeing him so close to when he murdered someone. Had he already killed her when we stumbled upon him? Would he have killed us if he had found us in the woods that day? We were lucky that we were able to hide from him. I still wonder to this day what he would have done. if He had found us. When I was little, we used to live in Los Angeles, California. I was born in New York, but at the age of around five, we moved to California. We found this house that was decent looking, but kind of old. We bought it and the first couple of months was fine. When my uncle died, I was very depressed. He was my favorite family member, and I cried every night. I made a bracelet that said, in memory of, but I never finished it. I hated when my friends asked me who, it just made me cry more. About a month later, my window had a little crack on it while I was in my bed thinking about my uncle after having a long day I heard this huge slap on my window it was dark outside and I couldn't see anything I became scared and pretended I was asleep not knowing what it was and closing my eyes I could feel hot breathing on my cheek like someone that had just run a marathon I didn't move an inch A few minutes later, which felt like hours, the breathing went away, and I hear the creaks of my hallway. Once I was positive this person had gone somewhere else in the house, I opened my eyes and the whole window was wide open. I got scared so I ran into the bathroom and hid there. There were only three locks, one for my bathroom, one for my parents, and one at the front door of the house. Later I heard a scream, I'm not sure who it was, then I heard someone hitting another person and running out the front door. We don't know what this guy came in for or anything but later when the police caught him, he was charged for raping a 28 year old woman that lives in our neighborhood. It was pretty terrifying, I'm glad it didn't happen to my mom. My aunt passed away recently after my uncle and we've been having even more trouble sleeping. She was the closest to my uncle as I can get. About a week later was my birthday. I forgot all about my uncle and my aunt and was just living the life. I was happy the way I was. My mom looked scared and very pale when she came running to me one day. I was about nine years old at the time. I knew my mom wasn't afraid of much of anything. She called for my dad and we all went to my bedroom. My parents told me to stay away but I insisted. My window was wide open again. The window was replaced from the other break-in and my parents had put a lock on the inside so there was no way of opening it unless you broke it. My parents went everywhere around the house to see anyone that wasn't supposed to be there. Then all of the sudden there was the loudest scream that could hurt your ears coming from downstairs. We rushed down to see a guy in a black ski mask that was holding a knife. My mom didn't even go downstairs. She immediately dialed 911. He was caught and he was the exact guy that came in a month earlier. We don't know how he got out of jail and no one would tell us anything about that guy. All they said was, it's none of your business. We were scared for our lives, so we ended up moving to Austin, Texas. And that's where we are now. This story is somewhat revolving around my dog, Toker. I did not name her. Toker was a pit bull Rottweiler mix and was the best dog I've ever had. We adopted her when she was already an adult. It never occurred to me that she was a pit bull because she was just the sweetest, smartest, most loving dog. She hated cats but was fine with our cats. I had adopted a cat that came from a multi-dog household and they took to each other and were best friends. She wouldn't leave the front yard without permission and on the whole was very, very well trained. What always baffled me was that when I would take her for walks, people would cross the street to get away from her. Since I knew her nature, it never occurred to me how fierce she must have looked. During the summer, I didn't have anything to do. I had no obligations and I was bored. There was no such thing as the internet at the time and television bored me. So I spent most of my time reading. I would fall asleep reading, wake up the next morning or afternoon to the sound of snow cone trucks and began reading again. This was my pattern for most of the summer. My bedroom was at the front of the house. It was a bright, pepto pink. And my curtains were sheer and white My bedroom light was on most of the night And I was constantly reading One night I woke up to the sound of someone Pounding on the front door drunkenly slurring Hey man, get up You need to give me a ride Toker, who I had never seen so much as bare her teeth to someone Had gone completely unhinged Her hackles were up, her teeth were bared, and she was barking and growling as she stood in front of the door. My mom went to the door. She didn't open it, but she told the man, No, you have the wrong house, and you need to leave. He responded, Let me in. The man started kicking at the door. Toker set off to barking again. She was just begging for my mom to open the door so she could tear that man apart. My mom told the man, I have a vicious dog here begging to tear you apart. You don't want me to open the door, so you better leave. There was a silence, and then more silence, and then we looked out the curtains to see the man stumbling down the street. We had already called the police and they picked him up and he had told them he'd been watching me through my bedroom window. Toker's protective instincts had been really triggered that night. A few months later I was walking with her when a man stepped out of his driveway and blocked me on the sidewalk. What a nice dog you have there, he told me. Immediately Toker's hackles rose and she started growling. She'd never acted this way when meeting people. I knew the man was up to no good and was about to step around him when he put his hand on my arm. I thought Toker was going to completely rip his arms off. She growled, lunged forward and pushed the man back. He never approached me again. Toker died at the age of 13. She had to be euthanized because her kidneys were failing. I was thankful to have her in my life during my teen years to protect me. She was the best dog ever. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to enter into our giveaway if you're interested in winning some pretty cool stuff. And if you're interested in supporting the podcast, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or check us out on Patreon.com slash Nightmare Society. And until next time. Sweet.